Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. Each week during the coronavirus shelter-in-place, I've been trying to cover topics that might be driving most families crazy. Recently, tantrums and nighttime battles were my focus, but after chatting with a few families this week, I changed my plans and decided sibling rivalry is a hot button, especially as the weeks of shelter-in-place go longer and longer. I'm going to talk about what good might come from sibling rivalry, but then some techniques like not taking sides, separating our kids, teaching them communication skills, and how setting aside special time can often make a big difference for a family with sibling issues. With that said, let's dive in. I'm not sure what I really need to say about sibling rivalry. It exists. It's existed since the beginning of time. Why wasn't there a manual given to us before we brought that second child home from the hospital? It's bound to happen, so we should prepare ourselves, right? As silly as it sounds, no one is really prepared for how challenging sibling rival can be in some families. We need to recognize that kids want attention and power and control. If those things are disturbed, then oftentimes sibling rivalry can arise more frequently than we'd like. First of all, attention. As we all know, kids crave attention of any sort. When their cravings aren't met, they can often look elsewhere to generate more attention, often not good attention. When a younger child arrives on the scene who is cute, adorable, and needy, they need help eating or dressing or diapers change, etc. The older kids try to be good and helpful, but no one notices them. However, if they whack their little brother on the head, then someone finally notices them, not what we'd like. But it certainly draws our attention, doesn't it? For power and control, on the other hand, if your younger kids feel powerless and at the mercy of older siblings, they try to fight back, but they explode with frustration over their inability to control what they want to happen. These kids are learning how to get what they want, but they don't have the right skills yet. So they use what they have, which is to yell, hit, throw, wreck their siblings' work or toys, whatever they can. It's all a bit crazy, but how we interact with our kids and their siblings during these developmental years will impact them in the future. There seem to be four types of sibling behaviors in my mind that I categorize by giving them names. Wimps, bullies, whiners, and negotiators. Wimps. In an altercation, some kids cave every time. Instead of learning how to stand up for themselves, they just give in. It's easier. Just doesn't seem fair that their other sibling always gets their way just because this child gives in. We parents are worried that we have a wimp in development and we really want to change that. The next are bullies. These are usually older, bigger siblings who can rule by their brawn and their brains since they're more able than their younger siblings. These are the kids who take things away from the wimpier siblings with no regrets. This can activate feelings of injustice in us parents as we see this child taking advantage of the weaker sibling at every turn. We wonder if empathy, kindness, and fairness are even entering that kid's head. Next is our whiners. They cry about everything and anything. Helicopter parents play into this big time by siding with the kid who whines the most or the loudest just based on volume. And we feel we must. there must have been a major injustice happening if the volume is that loud. The last are negotiators. Some kids learn that if they use their words, they can negotiate what they want. 
These kids see that they aren't powerless, even though they might not win every battle. Their self-esteem can be enhanced instead of diminished if the right type of support is in their lives to help grow their negotiation skills. You can probably see your children in one of these sibling types. So now let's get down to the nitty-gritty of what to do when siblings fight, regardless of which type of sibling they are. I have three rules in mind. Oh, and by the way, we're trying to head for the negotiator types, right? Rule number one, don't get involved, don't take sides, and don't blame. If your kids are fighting, try to stay out of it unless there is bodily harm being done. Let them fight and figure out what's going to happen. If they come running to you, send them away. Try really hard not to listen to their sob stories and don't take sides. Most of the time, there are two sides to every story, and parents don't always get to see and hear both, so just focus on it was a choice for them to fight, and isn't it draining for you to hear them fight? Keep calm and encourage them to work it out. Remember, keep calm and use empathy. Don't engage. No yelling, no telling. Yelling gets us nowhere. Try something like, oh, wow, I can tell this is a problem for the two of you. I'm sure you can figure something out. This really is draining my energy hearing you fight. Rule number two, separate if necessary. Sometimes the solution is that no one wins. If they can't figure things out, then it's okay to step in and take whatever it is away from everyone using empathy and love. Something Sounding something like this. Oh, this is so sad. It looks like the two of you can't work this out, and it's really wearing mommy down. I'll go ahead and put the blocks away for now. You're welcome to play with two different things, but do it in two different locations, please. If you can't figure out what and where, then just go ahead to your rooms for a while. Rule number three, brainstorm to teach communication and negotiation skills when kids are calm. During the heat of the moment, really isn't the time to solve the larger and longer-term issue of sharing and getting along. Yes, you can take a toy out of the equation, but when things really calm down and there's no active fight-or-flight brain activity going on, you need to sit your kids down and talk about how to improve communication for the next time they have issues. You're going to do brainstorming to help your kids learn to set expectations and negotiate. The brainstorming will happen hours or even days later, and it wouldn't never be done within minutes of the altercation. So what would brainstorming look like? Here are some ideas of what to cover. Calming ideas. I'd recommend you ask them to think about ideas of how to stay calm when they notice they're getting upset. Take deep breaths, count to 10, walk away, or some other meditation techniques. Have them write them down, put them on a sign. Practice them every morning or at the dinner table so they know what it feels like. Use I feel statements. Have them express their feelings to each other using I feel statements. Something, it sounds something like this. I feel like Ken always gets to use the truck and I never do. I feel mad when Sarah wrecks my Lego tower that I've taken so long to build. I feel mad when Jesse takes crayons and writes all over my artwork I was making. I feel sad when Alan took the last cookie and there wasn't any for me. Taking turns is the next idea. Oftentimes, kids want to use the same toy or device at the same time. Encourage the concept of taking turns and help them establish mechanisms for keeping track. 
For example, both my boys wanted to press the buttons whenever we went into an elevator. It was driving me crazy. They'd rush in and they'd try to be first to push a button and they'd wind up having a battle or someone crying and they didn't get to do it. So we set a sharing rule that one boy was always the up pusher and the other was the down pusher. It was magic, at least with two kids. In your house, you can set up posters or a magnet on the fridge or an app on your phone to help keep track of whose turn it is next. I'd prefer it not to be electronic, but you can decide as a family how you keep track of turns. It might be that your kids fight or fuss over who reads them books at night. Come up with a way that you rotate on a schedule. Odd days for one kid and even days for the other. If you have more than two kids, then you'd set up maybe a calendar and have them check off the days as you go to bed each night. Be creative but show them that they can share best when they communicate that sharing is needed. Next, it's okay not to share. Feel free to encourage kids to set boundaries to protect items that they cherish and how to let others know in a kind manner to respect boundaries. Little sister, these are my Legos, and I'm putting them in my special box. Please don't touch them unless I say so. Brainstorm with your children about how to put away toys so they aren't tempting to others who shouldn't be touching them. You also have to define consequences if the boundaries aren't respected. It might sound something like, Oh, this is so sad, Jenny. You knocked down your brother's tower, so I guess you won't be able to play near him today. You can play in your own room instead. What I've talked about so far is all about the kids, but I want to talk about you. Yes. How draining it is for you as a parent to hear all this fighting and fussing day after day. One of the most useful tools that I think of in dealing with siblings is Love and Logic's Energy Drain concept. They have a great audio available on Energy Drain, as well as another on sibling rivalry that I'll put links to in the podcast notes. They explain that when kids are fighting, it zaps us and they need to put energy back into us or we don't have energy to do things for them like read books, cook dinner, drive them to a friend's house, or even take them to school. It's really amazing how effective it is, so please look it up. I also have a list of energy drain ideas on my website if you need help thinking of a chore or active service for your kids to do to put energy back in you, like washing windows, sweeping the back porch, or putting hand lotion on your hand in times like these. I'll put that link in my notes as well. This concept can be so heartwarming when you take the time to do it. Most of your kids want to do loving things for you, so give them an opportunity. One mom sent me a video of her kids washing the patio furniture with brushes and soap when they drained mommy's energy by fighting. Lastly, I want to talk about what to do when your kids just seem to be at each other day after day and you can't seem to break out of the pattern. Lack of attention is often the culprit, but it could be that one child is just bored or unsatisfied in some other way with friendships or school, and torturing their sibling gives them something to do. It allows them to be noticed. We need to figure out ways to set up what I call special time that I've talked about in a few different podcast episodes. In this case, I'd suggest 10 to 15 minutes of one-on-one time per kid, per day, or at least per week, 
so that each kid has some sort of one-on-one connection with their parents to nourish that feeling of unconditional love and acceptance. During that time, you allow your child to decide what they want to do with you. Let them know there's a time limit and set a timer. One mom I know at my church who was having some trouble decided to set up this special time. She set it up right after school with each of her elementary boys. They rotate 15 minutes at a time and know when it's not their turn that they're to play quietly. They love this special time, and it's working wonders for peace, calm, and connectedness in their home. Another family was having a problem with their six-year-old son, Ben, being mean and fighting with his little four-year-old brother, Joe, all the time. They had a newborn as well, so it was a busy household. Ben always seemed to be picking on Joe and always seemed to be in a bad mood. After brainstorming with the parents, we decided the issue might be that he was feeling disconnected with that adorable baby girl and mom and dad being so busy taking care of everything, so he needed some special time. With three kids, it was hard to set aside the time, but the couple decided that as soon as dad came home from work, he would play chess with his son for 15 minutes or so before dinner. Two weeks later, they reported back to me the amazing difference in their son's attitude and behavior. He was a new child. Wow. In setting aside this time, they dealt a decisive blow to their son's attitude and sibling rivalry at the same time. Ben was playing much better with Joe and even on his own. I was so proud of the parents for doing the extra work, and it really hit home for me that I need to encourage all of you to spend special time in your homes for so many reasons that feed into our kids' need for love and acceptance that sometimes slips away in our hurry, hurry world. We just need to slow down sometimes, don't we? It's hard to make the time, but it can really pay off big time, especially when you have misbehaviors cropping up regularly. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Taking time to train our kids to communicate with each other is so key to helping siblings get along. Keep in mind the three rules. Stay out of it as long as possible. Separate them if necessary and brainstorm ideas when things are calm. Don't forget to take care of yourself by using Love & Logic's energy drain concept. Please remember that you never have to figure out whose fault a fight is. Just hearing all that yelling is draining you and they need to do some work to put your energy back. I look forward to continuing to decode the world of practical parenting in the future with you. Follow Parenting Decoded on Instagram and email me if you have questions or want to request future podcasting topics to mary at parentingwithlogic.com. Have a blessed rest of your day.